The Real Estate Sessions podcast is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising for real estate brilliantly simple. Promote your brands, promote your listings, learn more at adworks.com. That's A-D-W-E-R-X.com, adworks.com. Just a heads up about today's episode, there was a little bit of reverberation. Well, check that, a lot of reverberation when I monitor the recording, but in my mind, I thought I could fix it in post-production. And to be quite honest, I couldn't get it all the way out. So this episode will sound a little reverby, but the information Jay Macklin shares absolutely rocks. So enjoy a little bit of the reverb version of the Real Estate Sessions. I'll pay for any program out there to vet it, but I'm thinking to myself, no wonder these agents are struggling because technology has changed so much, let alone in the, in the real estate industry in the last three years. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Risser of Chicago Title, Arizona. On episode 47 of the Real Estate Sessions, I am thrilled to chat with Jay Macklin, owner, broker of Remax Platinum Living, widely known in the Valley as a technologically progressive brokerage. Jay is one of only two Craig Proctor coaches in Arizona and with a deep passion for agent growth and development, Jay focuses most of his days helping agents build, maintain, and grow a sustainable real estate business. I can't wait to talk to Jay. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. So I know doing a little digging on you, you were born and raised in the Midwest. Uh, was there any realtor blood kind of in your family tree? No. You grew up in Michigan? Uh, no. It was uh, very blue collar. Uh, mom and dad were uh, pretty you know, blue collar people, and so no, I... I Never had any of that. I had a, I had an entrepreneur spirit, I think, but never had much of. I didn't understand what real estate was, obviously, growing up, and uh, I got sucked into the car business, actually, and so that's kind of where that sales end of it happened for me. Let's see, you're in Detroit, and it has a nickname, <laughs> Motor yeah, City. So you, you either make them or or sell them. Gotcha. And I, you know, I like my fingers the way they are, so I decided I was going to sell them. So let's talk about that. Talk about your first job then, right yeah. out of school. Actually, my first job was uh, I was 13. I actually worked for uh, two people in my neighborhood, uh, uh, repainting their barns. So all right, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so that was my job, and I had to get all the crap out of the gutters and everything else. But that was my first job. We grew up very poor. We were on food stamps, welfare. I mean, I had government cheese. I, I didn't. I assumed everybody had government cheese growing up until my friends told me that was odd. And so then I realized that if I wanted something, I had to go get it. And uh, I was uh, I was tired of of uh, being poor, and I was tired of not going to hang out with my friends at McDonald's because I had no money to spend on fries and all they wanted to do was pay my way and it was embarrassing for me so I said you know I'm just gonna do my own thing and make my own money. So where did where did you end up going then from school? It was straight into a let's talk about what you did. Yeah so from well from high school I, uh, I did start college uh, I decided to get married and then get divorced and so that quit that end of it uh, you know Three wives later, I'm, I'm past that. But uh, but yeah, so I went to college uh, in a little bit, uh, did some community college, did a little bit, uh, stint at uh, Eastern Michigan University. But uh, from there, I uh, was uh, actually working at a tile place. It was called Color Tile. Do you guys remember that back in the 60s, 70s, 80s? I think I do remember yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, national, so, uh, national, fran- yeah, national yeah. franchise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was just uh, my dad was a carpet layer and tile layer, so I decided I didn't want to break my knees. I decided I'd sell. I just kind of gravitated to selling. 
And so um, a friend of mine came in and, and uh, he was uh, working at the car dealership and I sold him an entire house full of flooring. And he's like, man, you gotta get a car business, this is great. So that was 1987, and so I decided, okay, let's do it. So I ended up in the car business. So you, you have that gene, you have that makeup, and I'm sure you know as you go through your business life here in Arizona and you're, hire, you're looking to hire agents, you're kind of probably looking for that kind of a yeah, mentality a little bit. I mean, that's kind of yeah. part of it, right? I just had a conversation today, I had a meeting with some agents, and I, I uh, one of the questions I ask is, you know, kind of what you did in your background, and, and it really kind of tells me, uh, are they business owners? Do they have that entrepreneur, you know, spirit? Are they, uh, you know, kind of where they're at? And and I found that there's probably got four to five good past careers that do really, really well in real estate. And one of them is uh, pharmaceutical sales. One is car sales. Um, believe it or not, Enterprise Rent a Car. That's a great place to recruit from if you wow. want new agents. We don't really do new agents, but okay. uh, but they just have really good business uh, building skills within those jobs. Okay. Yeah. So what um, you were in the business back in Michigan, you know, probably moving around back there. What brought you out to Arizona? What was that transition that got you out here? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So probably what most people decided they wanted to come out here from the weather. But uh, I was actually um, I was actually getting in my car. I had a handful of stuff, and this is in January in Michigan. I was scraping the ice out of my keyhole with a cassette cover because back then I didn't have remotes. Right? Remember <laughs> yeah. the cassette covers? Absolutely. I'm the nice. Yeah. I'm scraping the ice out of my keyhole and I slip and fall. My foot falls under my car. I break my ankle on an ice rut. And so literally about two weeks later, I'm, I'm on the couch and I'm watching a football game and it happens to be the Cardinals and they played at Sun Devil Stadium. And I'm looking outside and I'm looking at the TV. I'm looking outside going, what in the heck am I doing here? Yeah. So I got to go somewhere warm. And so back then, this was uh, 93. They didn't have uh, internet much, wasn't you know out there very much. So I call my brother and I'm like, go get me the uh, Places Rated Almanac. Go to the library, get this for me. And so he brings it to me and I'm researching all these different places that don't snow. So it was like Miami, Houston, Texas, and somewhere in L- you know, like LA and San Diego and Phoenix. And anyway, I narrowed it down to San Diego and Phoenix. And I started looking at the housing and I'm like, I can't afford San Diego. So Phoenix, here I come. So the next year I moved here. Packed up all my stuff. Didn't have a job? Nope. Came I, down no, I, had a, I had two interviews lined up in okay. the car business. Uh, didn't have anything settled, uh, but I just packed my stuff and just came out. I figured I could do this anywhere. And I was, a, I was a general sales manager at the time at a dealership in Michigan. And I thought, you know, if I can't get a management position, I can always sell. I like doing that. So that's what I did. So you come out here and obviously you find work here in the car industry. That yeah. was probably a piece of cake for you. It was. You were also a general manager out here as well. I was. I went into that. Uh, yeah. But I started out as a salesperson, you know, kind of ground level again. Here we go. Right. Uh, and then I moved my way up to uh, sales manager, general sales manager, general manager. So. so somewhere in this world that happened probably in the early 2000s, I'm thinking, kind of looking at your history, you, or maybe a little earlier than that, you decide you're going to explore real estate. Actually, it was a little later. Uh, I, uh, I, in 2004, 2005, I, uh, my wife got into real estate, and so she was uh, in corporate America for 15 years, and so she decided that was she was done with that, and she got into real estate. And I was watching her, you know, 2004, 2005, she was having, it looked like fun. We were busy. Yeah. I mean, she was writing contracts on cars and hoods, and she's just, you know, just busy. She's building a team, and, and I'm stuck in this office, and I'm kind of going... Yeah, I can do this with my eyes closed. And so I just started thinking about it. And then one day I was in a budget meeting uh, with uh, the big wigs over at Penske and, and great, great company. Uh, and I just witnessed some things that I didn't really feel that I had, it, it was in me to do to go to the next level. So I, I came home and I'm like, yeah, I, I just can't do this. So I'm, I'm going to quit and I'm going to get in real estate. I'm going to get my license. And my wife looked at me like, are you kidding me? You know, like, you've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. And so I just, 
that was in September. I got my license in January of the next year, 2006, actually. Wow. And so I got the license in 2006. Okay. Uh, started selling houses. So. Where'd you start at? Where was the first brokerage you went to? We went to a re local Remax office here uh, in North Scottsdale. Uh, Michelle was already there. So we uh, I followed her along and, and didn't know any difference. So I just kind of tagged along. She already had a team built. So I just kind of went with her. And, and my first day, I remember sitting there and going, okay, I got a license. I got a computer. I need buyers and sellers. They didn't teach me that in school. <laughs> that's that's a common uh, yeah. common refrain, right? That that part that part of school they leave out. Yeah, they a lot do. of the X's and O's, a lot of the dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Yep. And so I realized, wow, this is going to be a big part of the business that I am not familiar with. I mean, I think if uh, you know, getting somebody in front of me, I'm pretty good with them, and I can probably you know uh, navigate that pretty well. But it was it was I, I need a I need a funnel. I don't have a pipeline to get business coming in. And so 2006 was actually relatively a great year because it was still on the, um, um, it was on the downswing. Right on the edge. Yeah, right on the edge. And uh, my wife was giving me these people that she didn't want to deal with, and I ended up turning it into uh, about eleven million dollars in business that year. So I was like, "This is easy. This is great." So you started off on the bottom again, yeah. basically yeah. bottom of the team, yeah. dealing so, with that stuff that was being left over. Yeah, that's very. Cool. I was driving to Queen Creek dealing rentals. So you know, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. But from North Scottsdale, it's a, it's yeah. a heck of a hike. As a power ranch guy, I feel your pain as well yes. here in North Scottsdale. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. All right. So you. Um, you're, you're at Remax so here, a franchise, yes. you know, a big company, which yes. you like. But something somewhere down the road, you decided to start your own brokerage. I did. So 2010. So fast forward, uh, 2008 came. Obviously, the crash happened, and I literally realized that I didn't have a sustainable business. I didn't have anything that was going to be able to be predictable, and I didn't have a funnel big enough to be able to get enough people in front of me. So. Uh, Obviously, as as we go through this, um, we're we're always cognizant of costs and value, and so you know, looking at my P and L, I'm I'm going, wow, I paid my broker this, you know, what did I get? And so I, I I failed to realize that there's an intrinsic value to a brand, and and particularly in the market we're in. So I decided, hey, why don't we just uh, you know open up our own brokerage and you know we'll save all this money. Well, I didn't realize that when that happened that um, the, the business did go down a little bit because I did lose that brand. I did lose that identity. Uh, so it was fun. I, I, I really did it for our team. It was really Michelle and I. We had seven agents or eight agents on our team and I really just did it for that. But uh, as the years grew, I got more and more agents just organically in the brokerage. And so it, I started looking at it going, wow, I've got 30 agents in this company that I didn't even try to get. It was just... I just did this to, to house my team. And so um, that's when we decided to make that change. And you ended up now, you're, you're a Remax now. It's, it's Remax Platinum Living yes. is your company now. Yes. You came back to the big brand brokerage world. Was it the branding part of that that you were missing? It was, was yeah, it was part of it. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I realized that uh, as a brand uh, that I really did enjoy when I was with the brokerage, I really enjoyed the brand. I, I liked the, the notoriety of people seeing that, hey, this is a company that's the world's largest residential real estate company in the world by far, um, office-wise. And so, uh, you know, 98 countries, I mean, it's huge. So I thought, okay, there's some there's some, there's some leverage there. Uh, but I just love the fact that I could be with the company, be with the brand, and I could run my company any way I wanted. As an agent, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, as long as I was legal, ethical, and moral, right? I had to abide by, abide by all those, but I could do whatever I wanted to do, and it still gave me the, the, the brand notoriety that I still wanted particularly being in the luxury market. Right. Um, you're currently growing. Is that the way to put that? I mean, you you started off with one office, uh, yeah. went to a second, 
Yeah. Am I hearing three and four in the works? Or how's yeah. that going? So, so I'll, I'll go back to 2012. We decided to get the, the open up the brokerage. Um, and, I, and I made a decision at that point as a team leader. I'm like, okay, so I can't ride two horses at once. I'm either going to be a team leader and I'll continue with my team, or I'm going to run this brokerage and I'm going to really grow. I just, I talked to my coach. Uh, he, you know, he gave me some great pointers and I decided to take the, the road to the right and actually open up, you know, start the brokerage and then I kind of dissolved my team. They're still with me. Most of the agents are still with me now, but uh, I decided I'm going to take this route because I really found that there was a huge void and a huge vacuum when it comes to what brokerages really offered mm -hmm. and what was out there as a value. And that's why I left. I looked at my P&L and said, I paid them this, I, what I get. And so not that I didn't get anything, but it, it, was, it wasn't articulated to me very well what I got. And so I thought, I can do a really good job with this. If I can take my systems and programs and all the stuff that I did with my team and incorporate that into the brokerage, I think I can do this really well. And I think agents can really see a huge benefit from this. Right. And that's kind of how it started. Yeah, you mentioned the coach. That's a perfect segue into this part of the conversation I'm going to talk to you about. So you're uh, one of the, one of the uh, two Craig Proctor coaches in Arizona. Craig Proctor has been around for a long time, right? Uh, and has very specific strategies that work for a realtor. But as I look and kind of watched and went online and followed a lot of the stuff that you're doing, it seems like you are taking that Craig Proctor idea Correct. and turning it into this way to make a brokerage work. Right. Let's talk about that for a little while. Yeah, and so there are actually three uh, coaches in Arizona, two okay. in Phoenix, one in, um, uh, he's in Payson. Okay. Uh, so a uh, good, good friend of mine. Um, yeah, so I, I looked around, like I said, I, I looked around, I said, you know, there's most brokerages and most brokers were landlords. It's like, here's, here's your license, you paid me a fee, and that's it. And I'm like, ah, it's not sustainable. It's not what I was used to in my team concept of sustainability and predictability and, and building and growing. And so I, I could see that I was very vulnerable when it came point to uh, having agents come and go because I didn't have value. There's a thousand options that agents can go to in the Valley. And so um, not only from you know a very low cost, uh, high split, but to a, a franchise, a brand, and other REMAX offices. So. Uh, I just decided I was going to take that concept of what I learned over the last seven years at the time and, and kind of implement it into the brokerage. So uh, a lot of lead generation, a lot of uh, systems and automation and, and programs that uh, allow agents to go out and do their job. The problem is that there's so many things out there. I, I mean, I'm behind a computer a lot. I'm a very techie. I love that end of it. And I see shiny objects every day. And I can't imagine, like, how does an agent do this when they're out selling houses? Like, how does he have time to do I know that? what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> And I can't even couple that. I'll lay down for anything. I'll pay for any program out there to vet it. But I'm thinking to myself, no wonder these agents are struggling because technology has changed so much, let alone in the, in the real estate industry in the last three years. It's it's quantum leaped in the last three years for right. real estate. Right. So it, it, I just decided, hey, if I can really put in place the systems and programs that allow agents to grow their business without too much more of their involvement, then it's just a win-win. So when you talk about lead generation, are you coaching and helping your agents do some on their own? Are you, as a broker, owner, taking care of a big chunk of that lead generation part of it? How does that, is it both, a little combination of both? How does that work? That's a great question. So we are very, uh, we're very agent-centric as a core, uh, but I do have a lot of broker-centric uh, pieces within the brokerage. So uh, I do coach and train a lot of agents on how to build and create their own lead generation system. The, the problem is, is that so many agents are on a roller coaster income, right? They sell two houses, they have nothing coming for the next three months, and they're and everybody tells them, oh, you gotta go door knock and cold call. Well, I haven't met anybody that likes to door knock and cold call. There's a lot of agents out there who do a really good job, and I'm very envious of them because it was never me. Uh, but I realized that 
direct response marketing, getting people to raise their hand and identify if they want to buy and sell is a much easier way and a better way to get more buyers and sellers in your pipeline. So I just continued my lead system that I had with my team and I do offer that to agents and we, we do, do a lot of lead generation for the agents to help them kind of soften up those low roller coaster hills a little bit. So during that time, uh, I do then now work with them and, and coach them on how to get them their system set up, their automation programs, their tools, and, and it's not a costly thing. I think that's the problem is that so many agents have all this mind frig in the air and they're thinking, God, it's so confusing. I realize a confused mind does nothing. And once they're confused, they don't do anything. Right. So it's not the knowledge you have that's power, it's, it's the implementation that's power. And, and that's where I come in to help them implement that. And it's almost like a jumping off point. I'm like, okay, so here, let's start here. Let's, you know, two weeks, we're gonna go here. Two more weeks, we're gonna go here. Okay. That's a really easy, it's not a bridge too far. If right. I tell them we're gonna go from zero to 100 transactions, that's a bridge too far. They, they can't put those two together. Right. So I just kind of stair-step them into that process. You hear a lot of people promising that though out there. You do. Oh, so oh, every, every brokerage, oh yeah, leads. And, and you know, it's funny, I'm glad, I'll, I'll let you finish that, but it's not, it's not hard to generate leads. And I know that some people think, oh my God, I don't have enough leads, but it's not hard. It's the conversion. It's, it's where the rubber meets the road. That's what it is. It's not, it's not about, oh, I have all these leads and, and, and they're not good. It's, it's how do you differentiate yourself from everybody else? Why would I choose you as an agent versus all the other four agents that I'm talking to currently versus doing it myself? Right. Because we're going to come out of the business. I mean, unfortunately, we're a commodity service. So many agents work so hard to be better, but they don't work hard enough to be different. And that's where the commoditization comes in because they don't understand, you know, what to, how, how, the problem is they don't know what to do. That's the problem. Right. And so they do nothing. Yeah, you made a comment earlier, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more that I, uh, I don't think realtors get into the business to be telemarketers mm -hmm. or to be to do that thing. Nope. Right? They're built to be face to face, uh, have those consultative, mm -hmm. relationship driven kind of relationships. Correct. So, talk to me when we get deeper into the Craig Proctor kind of strategy. How does how does all that tie together? Because obviously. You wouldn't be a part of his team if you if he wasn't kind of teaching that same thing. Yeah, he, I mean, his system and his program changed my life and just changed how I do business. But uh, I realized that you're right. Agents will not, they don't want to go get 90 hours of schooling uh, to come to an office, sit in a cubicle, and make calls 40 hours a week. They don't want to do that. And they don't want to door knock. They don't want a cold call. So, and, and agents who do, that's great. And I think that's that's very admirable. I, I just think there's that's low percentage waters for me. I mean, I would rather... You know, when I was when I got in real estate, they said, "Oh, you got to call uh, Fizbos and expireds," and and I'm like, mm, "Aren't everybody? Isn't everybody doing that? Like, <laughs> right. why don't I just have them call me? Wouldn't that be easier if I just had the expireds call me? I mean, that's more simple. But it's hard because you don't know what to put out there to get them to call you. So, yeah. With that said, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, agents out there that are confused on, on which way to go. So. Um, I just try to show them that there is an easier way to do it. It's just you got to be smart about it. And you got to really identify with a client, with a buyer and seller, it's all about what's in it for me. Like they make decisions based on what's best for them, not what's best for you, right? So yeah. your marketing has to reflect that exact same thing. And that's what we really try to teach the agents. And it's almost a paradigm shift to, <clears throat> instead of the image marketing, instead of the, you know, IA, uh, I'm the number one agent in, you know, in Arizona. Okay, that's great, but articulate to me why as a seller, that's important, right? Because you're assuming that I'm gonna figure out it on my own why that's important to me. It's okay to be the number one agent. Absolutely. But ex absolutely explain why that helps them. Right. right? And so that's a yeah. process you work your age, help your agents kind of pro Kind of a funny story. I was uh, in the car business. We used to have what's called walk-arounds. And so you'd have to do a walk-around in a car. We had walk-around competitions. And so the walk-around basically was you were to go through each part of the car. You'd start at the front. You'd start, you'd go all the way, you know, from the driver's side to the back, all the way around the passenger side up to the front again. 
and you have to articulate the, the benefits and the features about the pro, about the car. And so uh, that really helped me in, in real estate because I could tell somebody, hey, this car has dual diagonal braking system. And, and they're like, that's cool, what the heck is that? Like, and then you articulate why that's a benefit because if the wheels lock up, no two wheels on one side will ever lock up, you'll never lose control of the car and it will never understeer or oversteer. And then same thing with, a, with, a, with your marketing, like tell me why that's important. And so if agents can get in their head the what's in it for me concept for buyers and sellers, right. they will out, outsell and outperform their peers because they can differentiate themselves. Right. And they can get those people to get sticky with them and that is the hard part. I know for a fact that every single one of our four to 500 leads that we get are probably a lead on somebody else's dashboard. How do I get them to come with us and, and sign an agreement with us or work with us versus somebody else? Can we talk conversion for a second? Sure, it's, a, it's a love passion it. of mine, I right? So you're, I'm right with you when you talk about leads are easy. Yep. They're all over the place. Yep. You can find them, you can generate them yourself. There's all kinds of ways to get leads. Yeah. Talk about that conversion process a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know you don't, you don't want to give away the story. Here, no, right? I, I don't problem that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I realize that also that agents really do want conversion, but they don't understand the process of what conversion is. And so, as we said, you know, differentiating yourself is one piece of it, but there's also a process to do that. I, I realize that internet leads, and particularly internet leads, leads themselves, are either gonna be a month to two years out. And a good agent will call once, twice, maybe three times. So I think that's where I come in and help them with that process or with that automation because they call three times and they go, oh, the lead was horrible. No, it just needs more cultivating. Yeah, so we decided to hire inside sales agents who do nothing but call leads all day long. All they do is scrub them, build a relationship, and then we hand them off to the agents as appointments, giving all that hard work that they don't want to do away from them. Okay. So, yeah, conversion really comes down to why should I use you over anybody else? Are you going to help sell my house for more money, less time, less hassle? Or are you going to be able to negotiate a house better for me than anybody else and make this whole process easy for me? <laughs> And so these are all things your inside sales agents do. They're they're well trained, scripted. They understand how this process works. Correct. So that's great. But let's talk about somebody that you recruit in. That's okay. an experienced agent. They've uh, been in the business. They're doing okay. Right. Um, you've had a meeting or two with them, and you know they can do a lot better. Right. What, what's 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 on tap first for somebody coming into a Remax uh, Platinum Living? Yeah, that's uh, so. What happens is we we sit down and we I dissect their business. I, I call it an autopsy. Audit and basically that's a horrible word, but that's really what it is. I kind of autopsy what they did, and uh, I look at where their last ten or five deals came from, and and we identify that there's a common theme typically, and that's usually that they they get repeat referral business is predominantly where their business comes from. So we say, okay, let's put a fence around that because that's pay, that pays the bills. Let's not mess with that. That's working. Let's not stop that. Now let's introduce some online marketing. Let's introduce some offline marketing, and that yes, that still works. Yeah. Papers, newspapers, magazine ads, I'm, I'm telling you. Not to market for a property, because I, I have a huge issue with that, but for advertising for buyers and sellers, leads, yes it does. So we kind of gently introduce, depending on the agent, we gently introduce those uh, those systems and those tools. Some people gravitate towards it really hard, really well, and some people are just are pushed back by it, and they're you know they're still kind of the paradigm shift hasn't continued that process. Gotcha. So my job really is to identify them and let them know that they can have a, a really really good business, and they they don't have to be involved all the time. That is the problem. Once you sell forty houses a year as a single agent, that's a lot of work. That you are you are uh, that's full 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 time. Oh yeah, and you get burned out quick. So we try to we ha we help them leverage it. In my system, I leverage people, systems, and technology. If I can get that in your business and you can leverage those three things, 
your business will grow exponentially because you have more time to do the agency part of your business, which is meeting buyers and sellers. Yep, take away the hard stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, uh, you talked about, you, you have a shiny object, object syndrome like the rest of us. Talk, let's talk about some of the tech tools that are out there right now that are that have, maybe you have, are a little excited about. Is there anything out there that... There is. I have a shiny shoe uh, issue too, so I do have <laughs> some shoes. Uh, talk to my buddy Brian over here. So, um, yeah, so I, I, there is. And, and like I said, you know, I'm, I'm on that and I see that all the time. Uh, there are a lot of fun things out there. I, I only stick with ones that really perform and really work well. Um, the ones that I've had forever uh, is I'm an Infusionsoft guy. If you're know anything about oh, local, nice local company out of Gilbert. I mean, you know, I know like employee numbers five and six. It's, I, it's crazy little. Yeah, it's I gotten know. huge, right? Well, they've moved twice since I started. Right. So, yeah. and I, you know, it's funny when I first started them, they're like, "Oh, it's gonna take you about uh, about ninety days to get set up." I'm like, "I can blow this out in the weekend." And then I got into it. I'm like, 90 days. I'm gonna need six months." Yeah. Now I didn't realize back then, you know, how easy it was, but it was so. It was set up to where it was so uh, perfect for my business, and it was, you know, I wasn't selling widgets and, and you know mugs. I'm, I'm, I'm in a service industry business that I had to kind of build for me. But once, once the better they got, the more they got proficient at what they were doing. It's by I could never give that up. That's my, it's my ultimate best system that I use right now is my infusion stuff. Um, my second one is a program called Commissions Inc. It's a it's a what I call a boomtown on steroids. Uh, it's I, per, uh, way better than Boomtown, in my opinion. Uh, it is by far the one system every agent should have. It, it, it is a lead generation incubation CRM uh, program that will basically get rid of all the other ancillary stuff that you need. To I mean, landing pages, seller suite pages, everything. It's got everything in there, text messaging, instant messaging, a phenomenal program. I can't talk more about that. That's I, I can just for hours talk about that system. Okay. Um, Bomb Bomb. I'm a huge video guy. Awesome. Love, love, love to hear that. Talk, yes. talk about Bomb Bomb a little okay. bit. I'm a, I'm a user myself. I yeah. love it. Talk about it. So uh, one of the things I realized when I first started this, not only from the buyer side and the seller side, was that I knew that if I could get myself in front, like I said, if I get myself in front of people, I know I can close them. Well, if I couldn't meet with them, the next best thing, next best thing would be a, a Skype call that I couldn't get anybody to figure out how to use Skype. So I just said, well, why don't we just send videos? So we started doing videos, and within the video platform, I can articulate my unique selling proposition, I can get a call to action, I can do all the things that I really wanted to do in a captive audience that I may not be able to do by somebody canceling a meeting. So I can get this in front of them consistently over time and over time and build that relationship. So now I have agents who come in and go, I kind of feel like I know you have watched your videos for the last year or two years. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. That's a great, talk about conversion. That's a great conversion. So if you're working with buyers and sellers and they're, you know, whether it's out of state, in town, doesn't matter. I, I, I coach a lot of agents into saying, if you're writing something on an email or if you're writing, hand, handwriting is great, but if you're going to email something, think to yourself, would this be infinitely better if it was in video? Would this have a better connection with the the person who's going to receive it if I do it in video. The hardest thing about video is push the record button. Nobody likes to look at themselves or listen to themselves, and uh, they've nope. got to find a way to get over that, right? You do. It's yeah. been a year of video for the last six years in real estate. It is. And still less than 2%, I think, is it's the crazy to me. I just, I, we just did a video for a biopic for the company, and it turned out really great. Nah, of course, I didn't like the way I looked at it, and I'm like, I can use, lose about 15 pounds, but you know, it is what it is. I love that you stutter. I love that you say, um, I love that you're genuine and that's what it is. Right. You know, you, you gotta get your personality across. And so we don't do a lot of those high production videos. I literally do it on my phone. I do it on my computer with a little, you know, web camera that I bought, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's grassroots granular stuff, right? It's 
it's natural. That's why, yeah, what you see is what you get. Yeah, and you find there's no issue with that, even though you know you have a, you're in a luxury market here. People still like that stuff. They just want to know who you are. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be some. Well, particularly in a in a, in a luxury market, I think there's so many gatekeepers that, that prevent certain things from getting to the people who actually make decisions. And so, if you can get those that video or that email to somebody that would really watch it or at least forward it on, yeah. and there's multiple applications I think for that, particularly with all the different links and all the different buttons you can put in there, but uh, the tracking is phenomenal. You can see right. who clicks what, who touches what, and then you can resegment those people to market to them differently. So. Uh, even as a MailChimp-type system, even if you don't do video, I would say BombBomb is even as good as those type of systems or better if you just do a text email right. and use it as a platform for tracking. That's great. Yeah. Well, Jay, I've had you here. We're about coming up on half an hour. So yeah. that's what I told you I would, I would I'd take about a half hour of your time. But I have a final question I ask every guest. Okay. So you'll be the 47th guest to answer this question. Wow. So, <laughs> here we go. Right? So... I'm like George W. 47. <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent, I know you don't work with them, but still, yeah. um, let's say a, a son or a daughter is getting okay. into business, what's that one piece of advice you give to a new agent to, to get them off and running the right, right way? Get a coach. Yeah, I, I think that's, it's amazing to me how many people don't get coaches. I don't care what kind of coach it is. I don't care if it's, you know, I mean, I personally, I gravitated towards the Proctor system, not just me, and it, it just worked, but I mean, there's, Hundreds of different coaches out there. I don't care what it is. That is a that's a game changer. I, I think that is because what happens is exactly what happened to me. I sit there. I go, I got a computer, a license. What do I do? Don't know what to do. And most agents get tied up in that. And they don't. They don't. They can't get off that thumb wheel of I don't know what to do. I feel like I should be busy. But coach will help you get that. Yeah. They'll they'll put you in that direction. That's awesome. Jay, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Give they can uh, email me. Uh, and my email is uh, jay at rmxplatinum.com. Or they can call me. Uh, my, my phone number is 480-907-5097. Thank you so much You're for welcome. being on the show. Well, I'm going to have you back on later. We're going to get deeper into some of these well, topics. Like that. All right? That's That'll awesome. be great. Thanks cool. a lot. Appreciate yeah. it. Anytime. You've been listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about the Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly.